And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam, and happy Tuesday. Good morning, Lena, and happy Tuesday to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, as uh, we previewed, uh, President Yoon will begin his six-day trip in New York. Back-to-back summits are expected. Let's start our headlines there today. This is our first keyword. Yoon in New York. So President Yoon has arrived in New York City to kick off this six-day trip. That will see him give a keynote speech at the UN General Assembly, I believe, on Wednesday, as well as a flurry of bilateral summits. What's the latest, Adam? Right. So from the airport, President Yoon proceeded directly to a series of bilateral summits. So uh, straight to business. Uh, his packed schedule for the day included meetings with uh, leaders from nearly 10 countries on his first day of arrival. His first meeting was with the leader of Sri Lanka. Uh, during the meeting, he requested support for a Pusan Expo and exchanged views on the development of bilateral relations. Now, his meetings with these leaders are going to be mostly focused about promoting uh, Pusan for the 2030 World Expo. Um, now, the voting for the host city of the expo will be happening in just two months' time. So, uh, basically, this is kind of a last-ditch effort for you to uh, uh, carry out a sales pitch for Pusan for the expo. Uh, Pusan is competing against uh, Rome and Riyadh, so it is up against some tough competition. Uh, the First Lady Kim Gunny uh, has also been seen with a keychain bearing the slogan Pusan is ready on her handbag, underscoring her dedication uh, to the effort and cause as well. Uh, Yoon then met with Captain's Regents uh, Alessandro Scarano and Adele Tanini of San Marino. Now, the Captain's Regent to continue the tradition of ancient Roman republics are kind of symbolic heads of state. Uh, they are practically a symbolic heads of state of San Marino. Uh, it is a member of the BIE and has mm. voting rights for selecting the host city of the expo as well. So um, persuading them and promoting Pusan to them, of course, uh, may have some influence as well. Now, throughout his stay in the US, Yoon will be holding meetings with over 30 world leaders. Uh, his address, another key highlight of the trip uh, to the UN General Assembly, will take place on Wednesday. He'll express concerns over strengthening ties, especially military ones, between North Korea and Russia. Uh, his trip, of course, follows that recent summit between Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin, with, mm. uh, of which we still don't know too many official confirmations of any arms deals yet, but uh, it does look like they are strengthening uh, military cooperation. He'll also deliver Seoul's plan to enhance its contribution in the uh, global arena as well as South Korea mm. gets uh, a further uh, cementing its footing in the international community. I mean, there are some pundits that argue that certain world leaders skipping the annual gathering risk weakening the UN. I mean, we're talking about a UN General Assembly, I think, convening when the world is more divided than ever before. And of the P5 members, I understand it's only President Biden who will be attending. Now, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that important discussions aren't along the way. Climate change, sovereign debt relief, ways to help struggling countries. Those are all on the agenda on a massive, massive trip for President Yoon. 30 that's 30 right. meetings, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, 30 meetings uh, uh, during his uh, six days. If, it's less than a week. And if you <laughs> if you count those numbers, it certainly is a very tight schedule. Mm. Uh, but as you said, yes, in terms of the UN General Assembly, 
there's a lot of divide, especially between, of course, uh, China and Russia mm. and other Western nations. And uh, so whether they do meet and talk about issues, will they come up with any uh, fruitful resolutions to these mm. uh, issues at hand is another question uh, that remains to be answered uh, during the uh, assembly, but of course we won't know anything until this assembly actually happens, mm. and we'll see what they come up with on Wednesday local time. All right, now let's talk about South Korea's tax revenue. This is our second keyword of the day. Tax revenue falls. So Korea is expected to see a record shortfall in tax revenue this year as the nation battles weaker corporate earnings from sluggish exports and a downturn in the global economy, spending less. That's in a nutshell. Tell us the details. Right. So Korea will collect uh, just over 59 trillion won uh, less in tax this year than initially estimated. That it will be the uh, biggest tax revenue shortfall mm. uh, ever. And this is mainly due to, of course, dwindling corporate profits. Mm. They are the main drivers of this fall in tax revenue for the government. Now, a slump in the semiconductor industry led to sluggish exports as well, which eventually hurt corporate earnings. Uh, the government also attributed the decrease to the lower amount of capital gain tax collected amid the falling number of traded homes. So the uh, slump in the real estate market is also causing some... Um, shortfalls in the tax revenue. The finance ministry says this year's tax income will therefore come to just over 341 trillion won. That's down about 15% compared to the initial projection of just over 400 trillion won. Now, to cover this tax revenue gap, the government plans to use surplus funds from different sources like the Foreign Exchange Equalization Fund, the General Reserve Fund, and some unallocated budgets. Uh, the government says they can deal with this tax revenue problem without making a new budget by using the money they already have. So they won't be coming up with another supplementary budget to deal with this revenue shortfall. Mm -hmm. uh, the government will also expand participation from domestic experts and also consult with experts from international organizations like the IMF and, and uh, as well as the OECD to enhance the uh, accuracy of some tax, uh, tax estimates um, as well. There's been some issues and some questions surrounding the actual estimation of tax revenue as well. Mm. Maybe there was some disparities and some inaccurate uh, estimates or assessments mm. there. Uh, so, of course, the, the, uh, the government is working to try and get their numbers more accurately done. All right. With that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. DP chair scandal. So tensions between the Yun administration and the Democratic Party chief Lee Jae-myung are intensifying further. That is, he continues his hunger strike while in the hospital. And this is on the meanwhile prosecutors seeking arrest warrant for E. What's the latest, Adam? Yeah, so a bit of a, a political uh, storm at the moment brewing uh, between the ruling and Yun administration and the DP, especially Lee Jae-myung. Uh, he wants to continue his hunger strike, mm. uh, even after he was taken to hospital due to, uh, of course, deteriorating health. Uh, on the 19th day uh, of his hunger strike, the DP said the move is interpreted as his will to put a stop to what it called the reckless administration, referring to the UN administration. Now, he has been under investigation over corruption uh, allegations. He has denied the allegations against him, uh, saying a prosecutorial probe on him is a politically motivated move by the UN administration. Now, shortly after E's hospitalization, the prosecution requested an arrest warrant against E on uh, breach of trust, uh, bribery and other charges related to a land development scandal and his 
uh, alleged involvement in a company's illegal remittance to North Korea, the uh, Sangbao Group, uh, namely. Now, this is the second time an arrest warrant has been sought for E. The first time the warrant was actually uh, rejected because the parliament failed to get consent. Uh, this was, of course, led by the Democratic Party. They hold a majority. Uh, sitting lawmakers uh, have to get parliamentary consent with a majority in order for this arrest warrants request to actually be processed. Uh, but it was rejected uh, by the parliament. Uh, now, this time, too, he needs parliamentary consent, of course, for the court to review the arrest warrant. And it looks likely that the same result will probably occur uh, this time round as well, because the DP still holds the majority. Now, the DP uh, blasted the prosecution's request for an arrest warrant and declared a complete boycott of parliamentary activities. So Parliament is pretty much at a standstill at the moment. Uh, the main opposition has also filed a motion calling for the dismissal of Prime Minister Han Dok Su. The motion to dismiss Han is expected to be put to a vote during a plenary session um, on Thursday. Now, as they filed the motion, the DP said Han failed to manage and has made mistakes in properly recommending the right ministers amid the total chaos in government affairs. Uh, the DP also called on President Yoon to carry out a complete overhaul of the way he runs the government. Uh, the People Power Party, meanwhile, slammed the DP for putting Parliament on hold because mm. of just one man, namely Lee Jae-myung. So, yeah, tensions... Um, as always, are brewing in uh, Parliament. Uh, but this news and scandal that's surrounding Lee Jae-myung is certainly making headlines and creating more tensions between the government and main opposition. All right. In the coming days, it seems that we'll have to cover the story in more further detail. Let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Deterrence strategy. So South Korea and the United States are in the final stages of revisiting their joint deterrence strategy document aimed at countering North Korea's military threats. Can you tell us more? Right. So the document in question is called the Tailored Deterrence Strategy, or TDS for short, originally adopted in 2013 to address North Korea's threats. Now, the revision process uh, began in late 2021 to better account for evolving challenges posed by North Korea. Uh, during the Korea-U.S. Integrated Defense Dialogue, officials from both nations evaluated the progress made in revising the TDS. They expressed their intent to complete the revision by the end of this uh, year. Uh, the Allies also agreed to strengthen their combined defense com uh, capabilities through the uh, Bilateral Nuclear Consultative uh, group or the NCG that was established as a result of the Washington Declaration signed during President uh, President Yoon's visit to the U.S. Uh, just recently. Uh, the NCG focuses mainly on nuclear and strategic planning uh, matters. Uh, now, meanwhile, the U.S. reaffirmed its commitment to South Korea's defense. It also reiterated that any uh, nuclear attack by North Korea against the U.S. or its allies would lead to the end of the North Korean regime. So. Echoing similar kind of rhetoric that's mm. been coming out of the UN administration as well. Uh, the joint statements uh, released after the KIDD meeting uh, emphasized the goal of complete denuclearization of North Korea, as well as the enhancement of their combined defense posture to deter potential conflicts on the Korean Peninsula. Um, the recent Uji Freedom Shield exercise was recognized as a significant improvement in crisis management and all out war execution capabilities. Um, it was the first time in a long time that they actually held it in an expanded scale and field exercises as well. So it certainly highlights that. 
Uh, the allies also pledged to enhance combined exercises to adapt to the changing security uh, environment. Uh, this probably means the in the realm of cyber security as well. There's been a lot of cyber attacks by North Korea as well. Um, they also discussed trilateral security cooperation with Japan, including plans to establish uh, a system for real-time sharing of North Korea missile warning data by the end of the uh, by the end of the year. Uh, that was also agreed agreed upon uh, during the trilateral summit that happened in Camp David not so long ago. All right, and for, for our final keyword of the day, the controversial prisoner swap between the U.S. and Iran. This is our last keyword. Unfreezing assets. So Iranian assets once frozen in South Korea are now in Qatar. This was a key element for a planned prisoner swap between Tehran and Washington. What's the latest? Right, so uh, five Americans detained for years now in Iran. Uh, they were due to arrive uh, back home uh, on Monday evening local time. Now, this was part of a deal that saw Joe Biden agreed to the release of nearly $6 billion in frozen Iranian assets that were owed by South Korea. So they've been held in South Korea for quite some time. Um, and now South Korea is basically unfreezing them as part of this deal. The successful negotiations for the Americans' freedom uh, brought Biden profuse thanks from their families. But they also brought heat from Republican presidential rivals and other opponents, uh, basically because of the monetary arrangement uh, with one of America's uh, top adversaries, basically say um, uh, they're wasting uh, the money uh, for the release uh, of the Americans. So it's a bit of a delicate kind of argument there. Now, Iran's uh, hardline president, Ibrahim Raisi, suggested Monday's exchange could be a step in the direction of a humanitarian action between uh, Iran and America. He's currently at the um, UN General Assembly, and of course, Joe Biden will be there as well. Whether they meet and talk about that Mm. issue, of course, eyes will be on that as well. But uh, tensions are also certain uh, to remain high as well between uh, the US and Iran. They're locked over disputes over Tehran's nuclear program and other matters as well. Um, Iran has always been saying that the program is peaceful, but it now enriches uranium that's closer than ever uh, to weapons grade levels. So that will, of course, be in violation of UN Security Council resolutions. What he will, uh, what the president will say during the UN Assembly, if that issue is brought up, is another area that eyes will be on as well. Um, so a deal made, yes, but the uh, tensions, uh, underlying tensions mm-hmm. still do remain. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Have a good one and we'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.